This is the Appliance Alliance Podcast, where we are elevating the appliance industry, one podcast at a time. Hey guys, and welcome to the Appliance Alliance Podcast. I am your host with the most equipment, Zach Ryder, and alongside of me, the man with a plan. He needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Mr. TK Cousins. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. Uh, I'm happy to be back. I don't know why I said welcome, but anyway, um, we have a very special guest tonight. And uh, if you've been hanging around the Facebook Appliance Alliance group, uh, you've seen this guy. He is a very knowledgeable tech. Uh, he's one of the people that I look up to as far as technicians go. Um, he's, one thing that I really like about Dave is he's always there to help. Um, he's not one of the people that belittles others. He's not one of the people that um, gets on there and acts like he's a super tech, even though I think he is a super tech. Um, but he's just a humble dude that's there to help. Um, and I'm, we're really excited to have him on the show tonight. Uh, his name is Dave Jarrow. If you have uh, been in there, you've probably seen him. You may have even talked to him. Uh, I'm not going to tell you all about him. I'll let him do that. But thank you, Dave, for coming on. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Well, I appreciate all the kind words there. I've um, been doing it for 30 years, and uh, I like to troll on to Appliance Alliance to learn more. Uh, that's the whole reason why I joined up to it with it to begin with. Um, you never know it all. We were just talking earlier about how ran into one today I hadn't seen and, um, spent 13 years at GE appliances as a factory service technician. And, um, 15 years before that, I worked on all brands. And then, um, you lose a lot when you work for one company for 13 years. So finding a good group of people to bounce back problems and ideas with was uh, really one of the most important things I need, knew I needed to do, you know. Talk talk about that single line back, going back to um, uh, multi-line tech. Um, because what, one of the things that I've said, a uh, washer's a washer's, a dryer's a dryer, a dishwasher's a dishwasher, while that's true, there is some, so, so walk us through that process. Cause I know it's not always the easiest thing to, to make that transition. I think what it is, is when you're, um, all they, yes, they all work the same. They're all put together, maybe a little bit different, but a lot of it's the design and how you go about it. Um, especially nowadays, I mean, back in the day, you know, it was really pretty basic stuff lid switch, timers, pumps, motors, belts, pulleys, you know, refrigerator cold controls, defrost timers. It was all the basic stuff. I mean, so much of it was even interchangeable back then. You could make stuff work. But then, you know, working at GE for all those years, a lot changed. And especially, I mean, Whirlpool, Samsung and LG wasn't even really around. I mean, they just became big while I was at GE. And, um, God, I remember when I quit GE and I went on my own and I first got my first few calls of Samsung, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> how do I get into this thing? How do I determine, you know, what's, wh what is the sensor supposed to read? 
you know, you know, and then I was reading, um, you really should be checking voltage. And I was like, what? I mean, I never checked voltage at the sensor on a board before with San with GE. So, you know, there are a lot of differences with appliances more so now than ever, you know, appliance, uh, appliantology was where I really first started and that's where I learned most of it. Yeah. It's definitely one of our favorite resources. Um, like our favorite resources for sure. So, um, yeah, it, there, it's, it's funny when you think about it, like I was just talking, I've, I've had a rash of thermistors going bad, um, in fridges and, you know, like just all that you go and you look up, think about a GE thermistor chart, right? There's one GE thermistor chart because they have to use that same 25 thermistors for freaking since they put control boards in there. I mean, they don't, other than the Samsung built, they don't use anything else. That's true. They work on the on the new ones too, on the newer new feed refrigerators. It's the same sensor. They haven't changed anything. But then you go to Whirlpool, you go to Samsung, you go to LG. They're changing their, you know, they have some that um, do the invert. They have some that follow along the right way. So you got to find the right chart for the right thermistor. Blah, you know. So that that was kind of the point that I was trying to bring home is that you know, we all need a little refresher. Um, I called you up the other day. I've, I've been, I've been doing this for nine years. Um, and I ran into something that I never run into as G I'm like, Dave, <laughs> I've never seen this. Is this going to be a problem? You know, and you were able to reach out to a friend of yours that was still in the industry or still in GE specifically and, and answer that question. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah. And even still, we still really didn't really quite know what was that, you know, it's like, I don't know, man, maybe, uh, and then you have, by the time I got back to you, you had plugged it in and gave it the sign of the cross and it worked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that was it. It was just, you know, one of those, you know, I'm going to try it. It's been a while. Here we go. Let's see what happens. So, um, anyway, I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and since we didn't introduce him at the top of the hour, one of our other co-hosts, our rotating co-hosts, is along for the ride tonight, EJ Magic Mike Johnson. Um, and I'm going to let him come up to the floor here. Go ahead, EJ. Hey, guys. EJ's back again. Uh, thanks for the late late welcome there, Zach. Uh, I'm an afterthought, uh, as you can see. Better late than never. Thank you, guys. Uh, <clears throat> Dave, thanks for coming on today, man. I, I know you've, uh, you've definitely helped out a lot. You've helped me the other day. Uh, with that refrigerator, I had an old school. We're going to try to rewire that timer, uh, as you guys uh, tried to help with. Uh, I had a question, uh, because you're the first person that I've actually got to talk to that had multiple years with one uh, company, uh, one brand, and several years with Multiline. Uh, <clears throat> which one did you prefer? You prefer having just the one line and kind of knowing what you're going through, and and, and also do you, do you uh, find yourself preferring GEs now? Uh, yeah, you know what I uh, I prefer GE for the refrigerator and cooking appliances. That's about it, and it's because of the support that they give, and they're not that bad compared to the rest right now. Um, you know what I. You know, was one thing that I learned. So, so for 10 years, I worked Montgomery Ward, Sears, Circuit City. And then went back to Montgomery Ward for a short stay. 
like two years until they went bankrupt. Then I started my own business after they went bankrupt, closed their shop, started my own business, was doing service contract and warranty work. A&E factory, &E factory service was A&E signature service, which was Montgomery Ward. So it was a big void, and I knew to take advantage of that. So I went ahead and took advantage of it when I started the business and did a lot of service contract work for them and got authorized by a lot of the manufacturers, Maytag, Whirlpool, GE, Frigidaire. And um, things were really good, but I wanted to move. I ended up selling my business, and I told my wife at the time, I said, I won't move unless I can get a job at GE because if I'm going to go move somewhere where I don't know, I'm not going to start a business like that because I don't know the area, blah, blah, blah. So I said, if they're hiring at GE and I can get the job, let's sell the business. So we did that. I got the job. Believe it or not, I went to uh, the Raleigh airport, flew into RDU, got hired at the in the airport parking lot. And then flew back home, sold the business in two weeks, and this was 2006. That's when the market took a shit in Florida, and the house I thought I was going to sell in like a week took like a year. And um, got working at GE, blah blah blah. I go, I go fast forward everything. I'm working at GE now, and right away I saw like so many problems. Big company, lots of waste. Nobody really cared. It was it was a mess. So I just kind of grew into it and fell into the just the regular technician working by the hour, working for the man. And it was great. You know, I, when I got to GE, I had uh, a pension because I worked at Montgomery Ward. I was vested immediately. I had three weeks paid vacation. I had killer health insurance. And the pay wasn't really that bad. But then after 13 years, I was still basically taking home the same paycheck. And I just saw the writing on the wall. They had sold the business. I lost my pension. And I was like, if I don't do something now, I'm going to be 50. If I don't do something now, I'm going to work here until I'm dead. So there's a lot of differences between working on multi-brands and then working for one, one brand for a company for a long time like that. You get lazy. Um, when I quit GE and I had to work on all the brands again, I found myself having to be a technician again because I wasn't just a parts changer, just running 10, 12 calls a day, knocking out stuff that was stupid, you know, like door handles, noisy, this, you know, adjust this, you know, but then you had all the, the nonsense, not cooling monograms and dual evaporators all day long, pushing 10, 12 calls on you a day with you know, two, three hour jobs, you know, you're stressed out. So that's pretty much the gist of it. And where are you, where are you located, David? Raleigh. Young, uh, Youngsville is the town I live in. I hear you talking about a lot of, uh, the business type stuff. You don't usually hear techs talking so deeply about, uh, business. Uh, you seem to have a great mind for it as well. Uh, I mean, I know you said you've been running your own business since 19 and a couple of years before GE. Uh, <clears throat> we really like talking to business owners and uh, kind of wonder what I like to ask is what's, what's the biggest struggle that you have being a business owner? Like what's your biggest obstacle that you, uh, you're working on? For me, I'm not, I don't plan on getting big. I know 
know a lot of a lot of guys want to have multiple technicians. I don't I don't plan on doing that at all. All my work is COD. Um, we're booked out a week, eight calls a day, and um, I don't really see the desire for if I hired. I I look at it like if I had to hire a tech one technician, I got to pay for my workman's comp, the insurance, the van. I got to hope that he's going to be able to pull off six, seven completes a day. And how much money at the end of the day am I really going to make off that technician with the headache that it's going to create? So really, you would have to have maybe two or three technicians to start making money. And I just don't see that. And I don't consider myself basically a businessman, more of just a lone wolf out there running service calls. Yeah, I can appreciate that. There's there's a lot of guys that we've talked to that are perfectly content being one-man shows and owning your job and calling the shots and not having anybody else to worry about. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I respect that. And, and you're not just a chuck in a truck. And that's what we like about our industry. Living the dream. For sure. And, that, and that's what we love about this industry is that th- there's such a broad spectrum. We have, you know, we know guys that have 30 technicians. We know guys that have 10 technicians. We know guys that are single technicians and, and everything. in bet- We know guys that are, they're just, they're technician. I don't want to say it like that. It sounds bad when you say it like that, but they're technicians for a company and they're perfectly happy with where they're at. That's the great thing about this industry is that there is something for literally everyone. It's a big business. If you want to work for a company, if you want to be secure, you can go and work for the majors. You can go and work for small guys. You can go and work for medium shops. You can open your own business and have a bunch of technicians. You can have no technician. It it's great. It's great that you can be all over the place. Um, let me let me say this. There's one thing that's really my wife and I have been talking about this a lot because there's one thing that I noticed that's really needed in this industry more now than ever, and that's some sort of universal support. Like we should, you should be able to as a group with all the manufacturers be able to pay maybe even if I had to pay 500 bucks a year for all of them in a group, I don't want to have to buy a subscription to Whirlpool and Samsung and LG and Frigidaire, you know, the whole base of it. They really should be unified for small, because in reality it's really becoming harder for businesses to expand. And so it's easier if you're a smaller business to be able to give more back to their businesses, quality service. And not just that, there's a lot of us that want to do the right thing, but manufacturers have not been playing ball. And in, I would say for sure, at least as long as I've been in the industry, you know, nine years, they, they really have not been playing ball. With us. Um, and we're out here. We want to recommend them. We want to service our communities. Well, um, you know, we're, we're all going through things now where you can't get manufacturer service. You cannot get a manufacturer authorized company or someone actually that works as, you know, a, a single line tech. Like they're not can, supporting the product. They're not, they're not supporting the product at all. Um, and, and, and it's really disheartening to see because th- then you see this whole non-brand loyalty, right? There's, there's customers that are just like, whatever's cheap at the store, um, and and we see a lot of waste and a lot of 
stuff ending up where it shouldn't. Yeah, they go to the crusher. How did you um how did you get into appliance repair, Dave? Did you just wake up one morning and say, <laughs> I'm gonna be an appliance technician? Not at all. I don't think most of us do. Uh I went to school for electronic engineering right out of high school. And uh when I graduated in uh tech school it was nineteen 19- 1990, 91, and I uh, couldn't really get a job that was worth anything, paid well. It was just crappy, part-time, soldering boards kind of jobs. And I was like, we need you to move to Texas, work third shift for seven bucks an hour. And I'm like, no way. So I had a buddy working at Sears fixing lawn tractors, and that's what started it. He said, why don't you go and apply for Sears fixing appliances? So I took some aptitude test, and uh, they hired me as like an apprentice. I worked with technicians for about six months, and uh, they taught me air conditioning, refrigerators, and uh, water treatment, water softeners, pumps, uh, iron filters, chlorinators, and stuff like that. So it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And I worked around some really, really good guys back then that taught me a lot of stuff that I use today. Yeah, you're you're fortunate to uh, have gotten six months of training at Sears because mostly what I hear is that they just hire you and then throw you in a van. I don't know how true that is, but, you know, the fact that they gave... It's a bad way to do it. Yeah. So I feel like that's that's pretty cool of them to have given you, given you the six months to learn because that's a, that's a good training time to have six months right along learning learning the trade and you know that's what i'm that's what i'm a big proponent of is is you know training your technicians and putting the time in to make them a technician before you say hey here's a van and a tool bag go fix some stuff there's a lot of things that you really got to teach a guy um do it right the first time take your time don't rush anytime you make a shortcut it's going to take you longer in the end um, those are probably one of my biggest things when I'm, I've been training my son and, um, that's like, I, I tell him all every day, like we're, we're double I, when I'm talking like to this morning, we were doing that pump and I'm like everything, every hose that we connect, we double check, we triple check every wire connection. We double, triple check. Once we're done, we run it through a cycle. Like you were saying earlier, DK, like a good technician. I'm there, not there for one thing, but I'm there for the whole thing. I want to make sure from start to the end everything's right because recalls suck you know yeah that's huge yep gotta check gotta triple check your work and make sure it's done right or else you're gonna get those callbacks which just costs everybody money yeah i I love hearing that you uh been training your son how how old is your son he uh just turned 18 awesome awesome i i was uh training my 13 14 year old son this summer I actually had to fire him awesome. uh, a couple of weeks ago, but we'll try him again next year. <laughs> it, it's so yeah, it's so go. cool He's seeing got other learn. stuff. He's got to be taken care of right now. Yeah. So one of our favorite questions to ask um, when we actually have technicians on the show: uh, What are your, if you could not take anything else in, your must-have top three tools that you take into a house? What's your go-to's? Your top three. You would be lost without them. My meter, my uh, my drill with bits, you know, because I'm old and lazy and I ain't using no hand tools as much as possible. 
And uh, what else would I guess I would need? I guess just, uh, you know, I don't have any specialty things. Like some people say, like, you know, I got to have this little special screwdriver or this or that. Or I don't necessarily have that because I, I carry a bunch of different tools. So um, I guess just my, my bit set, my drill and my meter. Um, flathead screwdriver, there's a special one. Uh, I guess I would say that I buy it like Lowe's or Home Depot. It's a, just a cheap, cheap flathead screwdriver, red handle. And uh, it's the flat, like three sixteenths spade on the end of it. It's not wedged out like, like this. It's more flat and it's narrow. It works perfect on light switch outlets. That's like the perfect size of it. The best part of that, that size screwdriver is, is that it works really good on popping the spades, the, the terminals off the spades, it fits in there. Perfect. So that's like my got to have flathead screwdriver. You rock a impact or you rock a like gyroscopic screwdriver like TK does. What do you, what do you run? I was using a impact driver for a long time. Um, but I found it's just kind of a little, the one last one I bought, I didn't like it was too, uh, too aggressive. So I bought the Milwaukee. It's like a two-speed, 12-volt um, screwdriver, but with the quarter-inch end on it. I really like that thing. The trigger is real nice and smooth, real articulate. So it doesn't sound like you're stripping out every screw when you're zipping apart something or putting it back together. Because, you know, the customers are like, what in the hell? Zip, 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 zip. You know? <laughs> Milwaukee definitely makes some good tools. And your meter. So what kind of meter are you rocking? Just the Field Piece 260. It doesn't have the LOZ, but I've kind of get a, been using it without it for this many years, I figure. I'll just keep running with it until one day I'll be like, damn it, I'm going to have to break down and buy one. Do you have a K-probe on there and you do temperature oven yeah. calibration? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are important. Meters are definitely important as a uh, as a technician. It's our most important tool. Yeah, really anybody that we ask that question, their number one answer should be meter. Because if your if your go to isn't your meter, I I don't how do you how do you troubleshoot without a meter? That's my question. Like if you're not checking amperage, voltage, and resistance, I mean I just, I couldn't imagine not having a meter. Um, so that that you know, I use the Klein CL800. It does have the low Z function, which is awesome. Um, but I've actually been thinking about getting a new meter here lately just because, um, I want to have a better, I don't like the temperature, um, setting on the CL800. What's the one you have, Zach, that you can do dual temps at the same time? I have a field piece that is, uh, I believe it's been discontinued. I, I think they've come out with a new, Similar variant, but it only has single now, which is kind of disappointing. I had the SC660 or something like that. It's like a couple hundred dollar meter at a HVAC supply house. Um, super nice, though, because you got the ring clamp, you got the low Z, you got DC, you got AC, you got you name it, you got it. I had uh, du dual K probe. Um, so it looks a lot like the one that David carries, but you know, it's, uh, it, it just has the, a couple extra things. Um, and, and I found for my flow, like it, it works well. It's, that's probably my go-to meter. I have the fluke as a backup when I need to get a little more precise, like, cause I just, 
I feel there's certain um, voltage measurements, like DC especially and low Z. It's it's not. I don't think it's as good um, for that. And so I'll I'll pull out the the client if I'm really concerned. But yeah, I like Fieldpiece. They they do actually make a pretty good meter. So I think they've been doing it a long time, like Fluke, you know. Yep. Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the Fluke boy in the in the room. I do the Fluke 323. Nothing special. It's uh, got the clamp. I got the uh, K-type probe that goes on it. Uh, it does auto-sensing ACDC. That's basically what I do. I'm not as much tech as you guys uh, with this uh, industry, but this here is my favorite tool. It's a Klein infrared. It also has non-contact voltage. I like taking that. It wouldn't be my top three, but it's probably number four. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I can't see you, but I, uh, it's that pen, that pen non-contact voltage. Yep. I have one of those. I keep it in my tool bag. Also does temperature. Also does temperature. They turned me on to that one for those quick moments when you got a customer that's like, oh, hey, here, let me open this fridge for you. And they're ready to open it for like 15 minutes for you. And you can at least shoot a little time. It's not a hundred percent accurate. But Gives you a nice basic idea. I like the non-contact voltage for um, diagnosing um, heating elements on dishwasher. I'll throw my amp probe on the wire, and then when I'm going through the, the test, I'll just, I don't even count it or look at the, the, the chart. I just keep clicking away until I get that, that non-contact non -contact thing going, you know, buzzing. And then if I don't see any current, I probably have a bad heater or, you know, it's just, it makes it easy. Same with the motor, like you were talking earlier, uh, TK. You know, that Whirlpool, I'll, I'll stick my arm in, uh, or under there and, and just get it on the wire that's running the motor and test it that way. I know it's not accurate, but it kind of gives me a real quick idea what's going on with it. Well, that, that's anything we do. We need to be able to move quickly to the next piece of the diagnosis, right? You know, you yeah. could have a bad fuse on that same heater line, but at least it points you in a direction you know to look further down exactly. the line that the board is sending voltage or whatever so um that's cool i uh i i'm a meter nerd i've i've had the 323 ej um and then my backup um flat meters the the 115 i have that kit the 115 or 116 i forget what it is i just i did not like the head um the clamp head. I, I feel like the field piece for me, it's it's a little narrower of a head and you can really get it in. So, you know, some of these bundles are so stinking tight that it's it's hard to get a ring clamp around them. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, so as we're getting towards the end of this, what uh, and you kind of hit on it, but I, I want to highlight it because it is one of our favorite questions to ask. It doesn't matter like who it's addressed to, whether it's a newbie, it's a longtime person. What is the the number one piece of advice that you would give someone in this industry? Who's getting into the industry, starting out? You can break it down to someone who's starting out, to someone who's been in a long time, how, however you want to break it down. But giving back to the community, what what's a, your number one takeaway um, for someone in this industry? You never know it all. You you need to listen and um, learn every day. Um, you know, like I said, after all these years of me doing this, I get stumped 
every day. You know, you just you just do. Don't think you're you're better than that. Um, it's probably probably my best my best advice is just don't get your head get all full of shit. You know, make it re- be real. Say, you know what, I was wrong. You know, take your time, and uh, those days will get better when you're just starting out. You know, I think that's probably about the best advice I could give on that one. <laughs> yeah, what, what a perfect answer. Great advice. I'll tell you, that's a perfect answer that shows why the uh, introduction was worthy uh, for you. Uh, what a what a great guy. Uh, humble. 30 years plus in the in the game and still wanting to learn and help others, man. That it, It's people like you that make the Appliance Alliance what it is. Uh, and I personally just want to thank you for who you are and what you do for everybody in the group quietly and yeah, humbly. It's a pleasure being with you guys. TK, any uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, I'd just like to thank Dave for coming on. Um, I'd like to do a shameless plug for the tech support group. Dave is a member. Um, he's always chiming in in there. If you're a new tech or seasoned tech, wherever you fall into the spectrum, uh, we love having people join that. Um, you know, we have LG guys in there. We have Samsung GE guys in there. And it's really just a, a another, um, another venue um, of the Appliance Alliance. Um, and if you, you haven't joined yet, we, we encourage you to. Uh, I think it's what, $10, five or 10 bucks a month, uh, $5 a month. You ain't getting tech support anywhere else for $5 a month, but with the Appliance Alliance. Uh, and you got smart guys like Dave in there um, and a bunch of other good techs. And you got a lot of young guys that are ask, not not scared to ask the questions. And, and, and you know, I ask stupid questions in there too, and they, they help me out. I, I, I'm one of the number one, question askers in the tech support because i don't know everything um but thank you dave for coming on we really appreciate you um i personally um really enjoyed uh just getting to know you a little better i know we've hopped on a few happy hour hangouts together and stuff like that um but thanks for coming on let me ask you one more question before we jump off how did you find the Appliance Alliance um, Facebook group? I guess I was just looking for appliance stuff on uh, groups. And um, I don't think it was Appliance Alliance then. It was like... Uh, appliance Apprentice. Yep. I'm like, yeah, I'll join that. You know, I saw a lot of members. And I was like, let's see what kind of noise is going on inside of there. Is really what I was looking for. What would you say is your favorite face Appliance Facebook group? that you're a member of appliance alliance of course (laughs) i don't really necessarily have one to be honest with you but thank you man thanks for coming on appreciate you yeah and we appreciate that um you know shameless love of us um we did we so we started out as appliance apprentice group um and as the podcast went on and and tk and i really really dug into it and we got some feedback from the group we realized you know what there's a lot of guys who are like well i'm not an apprentice i don't even be in this group and it didn't matter how many times we said like everyone has something i mean you you guys heard david here right like one of the most humble guys in the group I know, and also one of the most experienced guys in the group I know. This guy has 30 years of experience. 
if anyone in the group has right to say like, hey, you know, I know what I'm doing. Um, it's Dave. And he's like, I got stuff to learn. You know what I mean? Like, so that kind of mentality, that willingness to learn all the time is really the mission of the Appliance Alliance. We want people to know that no matter where you are on your journey, there's something to learn. There's something to give back. You have value. You are important in what you say. David, you know, I we appreciate the heck out of you. Um, you're so active in that Patreon support group. Um, you're so active in Appliance Alliance group, whether it's asking questions or giving feedback. Like you are on both sides of that. You give and take, and it's it's fantastic to see. And and you're a model um of of what technicians should aspire to within the group and within the industry, you know, just that willingness to be humble, that willingness to ask questions. Um, but then that, the ability to say, you know what, I know what the heck I'm doing and I'm going to do it and I'm going to share and I'm going to help other people learn how to do that too. Um, that's, that's really the thing that makes this industry so much better. So I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. And it's been fun to get to know you, um, over the last eight, nine months or so. So I'm looking forward to the same same here for you guys, man. You're a good group of people, you know, so that's why I'm still here. If you're all a bunch of jerks, I'd be like, I'm well, out, man. Mm. These guys are assholes. You should see what happens when the cameras turn off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> you should see what happens at the meetups. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't wait to... Yeah, we can't wait to have you at uh, Appliance Alliance Meetup. Um, so speaking of which, I'm going to take care of some business at the end of this. Uh, Appliance Alliance Facebook group, we are in there. Um, the most important thing rolling down the pipe, and mm, it's going to get bigger and better as we go along. Theappliancealliance.com. It is in the description down below. If you're not part of a mastermind, make sure you sign up for that. Um, get on that wait list to be a part of a mastermind, If especially if you're a business owner. Um, so worthwhile. Like, comment, subscribe, share this podcast. The more you like it on the podcast channels, the more you like it on Facebook, the more that this gets out, the better that we can make the appliance industry. And that's really the mission. Elevating the appliance industry one podcast at a time. And for tonight, that is the Appliance Alliance podcast. Signing off. Mm -hmm.